Hello, this is Chuck Solomon, and welcome to the Candidate Experience Podcast, where we focus on the job candidate journey from apply to onboard and the space in between. Let's get started. care about the candidate experience, but have you ever wondered exactly how to bring your company to that next level and offer a world-class experience to your candidates? It's not easy. Fortunately, Candidate.FYI can help. Their solution guides candidates through your hiring journey, enhancing transparency and communication at every touchpoint. You'll also gain valuable insights on what's working and what's not with your hiring process. Best of all, it integrates directly with your ATS. Head on over to candidate.fyi and see how to transform your company's candidate experience today. I lead with threats, Chuck. You know, there's got to be some ultimatums involved. (laughs) (laughs) I really hope that whoever's reading the transcription of this can, can read into some sarcasm there. Welcome to the Drinking from the Fire Hose episode, where Martha Engel, VP of Talent at OneStream Software, is my special guest. Martha shares her insights on how her team is building both a great candidate and employee experience. We cover a number of important topics, including onboarding, culture, ERGs, DE&I, and more. Enjoy. Hey, Martha. How are you this afternoon? Good, Chuck. How are you? I'm doing well. Could you please tell listeners a little bit about Martha, the company you work for, and your current role? Sure. I'd love to. First again, thank you for for having me on. My pleasure. Martha Engel. I am the VP of Talent Management and, and Inclusion at OneStream Software. I've been with OneStream almost nine years now and uh, seen this startup really kind of grow from a scrappy startup into now an accelerated growth company. So we've grown from when I started about 30 employees to now uh, north of 1,300. So the the growth has been pretty cool over the years, almost a decade. And I've got a lot of stories to tell depending on how much time you got. But uh, yeah, this has definitely been home for me for a very long time. And personally, I'm a mom. I have a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old, two awesome kids at home. And yeah, I'm excited to to share a little bit about what my experience has been. So. Well, I appreciate it. Where I'm actually not even sure where you live. Where do you live? Where are you calling in from today? Yeah, I'm in Birmingham, Michigan, actually. So that's where OneStream's headquarters is. That's where I'm calling in from today. So tell me, how did you get into this talent space? So I got started in, in human resources in general right out of college. So my my degree was in English and philosophy. And bringing those sort of two things together, I was able to to talk a little bit about you know, the employee experience and, and help in making decisions and, and writing, you know, communi- strong communications. And so that's where I started actually with what was OneStream's predecessor, Upstream. <clears throat> so this is back in 2004 um, that I got started with, with the crew. And that company was very successful. It was a, a data integration tool that they created to, to pair with Hyperion Financial Management. And it was so successful that Hyperion subsequently acquired Upstream. And through that acquisition, I exited the company. And here, you know, 
gosh, it was five, six years later, the same crew of, of founders from Upstream reached out to me and said, hey, we're starting this new thing. It's called OneStream. We've got, you know, 15 or so employees now. We're thinking you want to bring in, you know, HR again. So would you be interested? So I put them off for about a year. I just had my son and then made the choice to come back and, and move, to Mich- move back to Michigan at the time we were living in Georgia. And I made the decision to, to be here. So joining OneStream was like the majority of my career has been here at this company. And it's, it's been all facets of, of HR. So from, you know, generating offer letters and posting ads and, and onboarding new employees to, you know, performance management and, and benefits and payroll and facilities. Sure. And, you know, it, it ran the gamut being a small company. So now that we're, you know, so much larger, we have a, a team of 40 plus in, in the people ops space. And my entire focus is on talent management. So where we're bringing people in, how we're taking care of them, you know, what the, what the tenants of the, the culture are and, you know, what that employee experience really is. And so learning opportunities, everything from, you know, talent development and, and engagement, you know, to, to talent acquisition and everything in between. So that's really been my, my journey and the focus. Like I'm hugely a, a people person. Those, those genuine connections that people make are something that I, I like to be able to foster here. And so that's been the core of, of sort of my existence here at OneStream since the, since day one. Gotcha. What what is what does OneStream sell? Like what what do you do as a company? Sure. So we're a corporate performance management tool. So in this industry, we're really like the only tool that is fully extensible. So it's a a platform that gives our our customers the opportunity to consolidate all of their their financial data and effectively report on it. So mm-hmm. we like to simplify it and say, you know, we, we take data and turn it into information so that companies can better inform, make informed decisions for their business. So the customers that we're working with, to give it a, a quick snapshot, you know, the, the data management and consolidation processes are improved about 80% on average in terms of time savings. So what gets me excited is that, you know, we talk to our customers who are super fanatical about OneStream and are definitely an extension of our family here. And they're like, man, I, I've got time back. What used to be a consolidation that would take me like four days is now shrunk down to like two hours. And I got to go to my daughter's ballet recital and I got to like, you know, get back home and, 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 and give my team some level of relief too. So that's, that's the exciting part is really being able to impact people and work, you know, get out of some of the mundane stuff and some of those repeatable processes and, and automate some of that to be able to, to get to some of the more strategic and exciting work and some of the stuff that people get into this industry, you know, to do right off the bat. So yeah, it's a little bit about what, what, what OneStream is all about. That's, it's always awesome when you can offer back time in people's day yeah. or week or, or even month. I think that's, that's always awesome. So you're covering like everything from like apply to offboarding, like that's all within your purview. No, correct? well now my focus is all on sort of the front end. So with, with talent management, it's, okay. it's everything from, you know, recruiting, right. Posting and, and interviewing to onboarding and, you know, where we're, how we're, you know, bringing okay. people in. So learning and development is part of my world and then performance management as well. So in terms of like exit and HRIS and the like payroll and those elements, those live outside of my world. So I get to focus on a lot of the super fun stuff <laughs> and the culture and, right. and creating <laughs> events and, and build some of those connections. So we do a lot of like empower hours with our employees, certainly like moving to this virtual work experience now. Uh, we've, 
gotten more creative about how we, we you know, bring our people together. At OneStream, we have employees in 20 different countries. So we've always been a, a dispersed wow employee base, but certainly, you know, going through COVID and, and this new work from home expectations, right. we're offering a truly hybrid works work opportunity. So that's something we've had to be really thoughtful about. How do you, man, how do you cultivate culture and, and true connection and, and that camaraderie, you know, same problem every company out there is facing, Chuck, I'm not saying anything new here, but that's, that's been a major focus <laughs> for my, for my engagement team and, and for the L and D team. So. Gotcha. I started the at the beginning. My day job is at the beginning of the whole hiring process, and that's where I like I like to the other mundane stuff down the road. <laughs> eh, not so interested right? in that sort of stuff. Honestly, no, and it's a privilege. It really is to there, like you so. know. But and we're obviously closely connected. It's all people ops at the end of the day. We're all one team. But the, the areas I focus on definitely are at the the start and celebration sort of of that of that relationship. Gotcha. So if you think about like the candidate experience, so I would define that as like from apply to onboard. Can you describe a challenge that you've had around candidate experience and what you all did about it? Sure. What comes to mind is is the volume of content that new hires have to absorb. Sure. So our our thinking about sort of the if we break this up into like pre Pre-hire, like pre-truly candidate experience lives here before like day one, and then onboarding new hire being like day one and forward, focusing on that that day one and how we're preparing our, our employees to, to join and, and get what they need right away. So we've always been really smart and good at like getting, you know, laptops and equipment and, and access and those sort of applications built into the, to the machine and letting people know that the new joiners are coming, like those mechanics have always been really strong here. Um, but what we found was that we want to be able to, to share so much history about the company, give people all the information about who does what, um, you know, the, all the mechanics, right, of being able to, to navigate this new right. space um, can be very overwhelming. So the feedback we were getting from, from new hires is like, I feel like I'm drinking out of a fire hose. <laughs> you know, you're, you're trying to get me to learn a new product. You're trying to get me to understand all these new people. I'm not even sure who my boss is or what these different departments do. How many countries are we in? You know, wh- where do I find sure. the, the team meeting? Like all of this can be very overwhelming. So in the last like two years, the L&D team has taken over our onboarding process. So again, from that day one forward, and they've organized all of these tasks in uh, degree. So it's a learning platform that we use here to, to give people a central location to come back to. So what we used to do was a lot of, a lot of meeting, a lot of calendar invites, a lot of high touch which wasn't scalable at right. the rate that we were growing, a lot of emails. So there would be like a static you know, screenshot or a PDF of like, here's, here's generally how the benefits piece works, or here's how you can find, you know, how to connect, you know, into the internet and it, and it wasn't efficient. And so employees were having to go dig back through their email. Where was that? I'm going to go to my manager. Does my manager know? They don't know. So it became a bit of a, of a chase for information. And what we did now is just being able to have it in degree and have it highly organized. They can go back to that page at any point in time, right? We have new hires that started two years ago that still have access to that same pathway to say, I swear I saw a recording about, you know, one stream basics. Where's that ABC program? And they can point back to that. And then we have the opportunity then to update that information on a regular basis. So if their benefit options have changed, for example, you know, they're, they're not just referencing an old email, they're, they're looking at a current site with current information. So managers are familiar with it, employees have come to rely on it. 
and and it's a checklist, right? So they can go through and be like, okay, did you did you watch one of the pre-recorded all hands meetings? Have you you know connected with another team outside of your own? Have you set up time with your manager and really like explicitly spell out what the, their expectations should be of their manager, of their team, and of themselves? So. It's been a really strong tool and we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from from our team as they've used it. And now it's like part of our culture, right? Like our employees and managers are referencing back to it on a regular basis. So it's like, okay, we've built that behavior and it's and it's fulfilling what we hoped it would. So that's I'd a, say that was the biggest win. Yeah, that's awesome. I love how you said the feedback that you got was I feel like someone spraying a fire hose on me. Yeah. yeah. Or trying I'm trying to drink out of a fire hose. I I'm guilty of that too. I'm responsible for onboarding our, our new clinician recruiters. And I say to them, like right off the bat, I'm going to throw a whole bunch of stuff at you and I'm going to give you some documentation as well. However, I don't expect you to like know everything and learn anything and know that I'd rather you not struggle with anything. I'd rather you just send me a note, like email me or Teams me and say, hey, Chuck, I remember you said something about this. How do you do that again? Right. Because it's going to take me five seconds to respond because I know because I've been in all of our systems for a long time. Mm -hmm. And I'd rather you not struggle. Like don't try to dig through or whatever. Just ask. and. But I, I totally understand, and I, I've used that fire hose analogy too. <laughs> I'm guilty. Yeah. I'm like, I'm just sorry. There's like, just no other way. We need to get all this stuff out there, and you know. But pe- people learn at their own pace, and I always tell like my new team members that, you know, the more you do hands on and use, you know, our systems, the more you become familiar with them. And exactly. It'll be like, you know, second nature to you because you don't learn by someone telling, you learn by doing, or Agreed. at least that's how I learn. Agreed. <laughs> doing rather than reading or watching someone else. So I often will have people share their screen. So it's them sort of driving the bus yep. and me directing them. So they're getting their hands on it. And then I still on my end point at the screen, like, no, move the cursor over a little bit more to the right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> three quarter, three quarters of an inch <laughs> to the right and quarter of an inch down, you'll be right where you're supposed to be. So anyways, well, thanks for sharing that, sure. your story and, and success story there. Switching gears a little bit. I think a lot a lot of folks like think that the recruiting team is like really responsible for candidate experience. But Martha, how do you talk with hiring managers about the importance of a positive candidate experience? Yeah, I I lead with threats, Chuck. You know, there's got to be some ultimatums involved. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that whoever's reading the transcription of this can can read into some sarcasm there. Well, we were very direct early on. Right. We want to make sure that our, our managers have clear expectations of what they can expect from us. Right. But we also, before we even open our rec, we have the conversation about here's the investment in time this is going to take. We're full-time recruiters, right? This is our whole world. And we, we respect the fact that our managers are managing their own world, their own full-time job. And in addition to that, now they have to dedicate time 
to actively hire, you know, and, and build an interview time, review resumes, give us that feedback. We, at the very onset, again, before the rec is opened, we set those expectations to say, if we're building the job description, we need to have your, you know, response, you know, within, you know, within a few days. If we send you candidates, those have to be reviewed within, you know, three to four business days because we don't want these candidates to lose interest and, in, in, you know, for that connection to go cold. And then scheduling interviews. We can't, it, right. it, we run into these roadblocks all the time, right? Because everyone's so busy that trying to line up schedules and if people want to have three, four people on a panel interview, for example, oh gosh, we might not be planned out for another three, four weeks. So we have to be reasonable in setting those expectations to say, you know, if you, if this is sure. what we're going to map out for the, for the interview and who needs to be involved, then reasonably you're going to push this timeline out instead of a 45 day time to fill. This might be a 60 day time to fill. Right. So it's, it's just being reasonable and being practical and empowering my recruiters to be able to push back on some of those things. You know, there's a lot of times where managers want to have like a decision by committee and because of safety in numbers, right? Like, ah, we, we made this call together, right guys. But the, the benefit to empowering our managers here to, to have confidence in their decision and to better streamline that process. It's just, it's the savings in time and it gets those recs filled that much faster and gets the right people, hopefully in the right place at the right time. Great stuff there. Appreciate you sharing. Is there just like one tip that you'd have for others on how they can improve their company's experience? Yeah, I, I think what has been most successful for me, and this goes across my career, is just keeping it real. Whatever it is that you're putting in front of your your candidate and however your manager is presenting themselves, be as, as transparent and as forthcoming as possible because any falsities that are advertised or, or pushed, they're going to be blown through if that candidate accepts that position, right? right? And, it, and that's not going to be the reality of what the experience. So hat building in some time into your interview to, to really be candid about here's the level of work. You know, I tell people that when they join OneStream, you're going to love working here, but you're going to work harder here than you have at any other company. And that's just because the, the volume and the complexity and the passion that our people have here with our product is unparalleled. Like that's, that's part of why this company has been so successful because the people that are here genuinely care, they care about the customers and they're so excited to, to do something new and innovative and, and go above and beyond for our, for our customers and for each other. And that's a huge investment of yourself. So if you're not in a place where you're ready to do that, like one stream might not be the right fit for you. So I need to have that conversation up front very, very early because otherwise it's going to be a, a wasted opportunity. Right. And, and it wouldn't be fair to anybody involved. So I think, you know, being really smart about, you know, reflecting on yourself and what, what's happening within your team, working with your people ops team too. And if you have people, business partners or whoever else to really understand, you know, as a hiring manager, what is sort of the attitude on my team? Because there's what I think it is. And then there's what my, my employees are actually experiencing. So, so having our managers familiarized with the employee feedback reports, right? So ENPS scores and commentary that come from those to give them an honest perspective of what the experience and culture on their, on their team really is. That's, that's, those are tools that I think they need to come into these interviews with to have an honest conversation and level set with these candidates. So as a recruiter, I'm counting on them sometimes to have that third-party perspective to be able to bring that into the conversation very early on and not just look at the skill set and the experience to, to determine fit, but also look at the, the overall you know, attitude and, and transparency in, in how we operate. So overall, I think they need to be familiar with the culture, 
of a larger company, right? What is what do our DEI programs look like? What are our ERGs? Where are employees genuinely connecting? How does this hybrid environment actually work? Is this more of just kind of a yeah, yeah, we've got culture, roll with it, right? No, the reality is we, we've invested a lot to make this a, a place where people want to be. So I want to make sure that that's celebrated and showcased in a way that's genuine and in a way that is going to entice more people that care in that same way to, to come here and want to do great things here. So those are some of the connections I, I think that recruiters are uniquely positioned to be able to, to understand in an honest way and help inform the managers along the way and make sure those candidates are making the right choice. Yeah, I totally agree. And I really agree with what you talked about, about real, being keeping it real and and being transparent. If you're trying to shine up something that really is not something that's not a diamond, right? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's still, it's a lump of coal. Like it, at least go ahead and I would, people right, have right. a lot more respect for you when you go ahead and say, you know, you know, here are the things we're doing well and here are some areas where we need to improve. And this is why we're bringing on someone like yourself because we want to go ahead and improve things. And exactly. I, think, exactly. I think individual, uh, well, some people like run to that, run from that and then other people run to it. So you have like the, the runners either way, like for me, I, you know, I, I don't want things to be perfect. Like I Agreed. want to be able to be creative and problem solve and, and do things like that. Whereas I know some other people are like, Oh, I heard about all these problems and <laughs> I don't, I don't want to. And I, and I read about it on the glass door and indeed right. reviews, which like for, for everyone, <laughs> I think everyone that's listening, like, like, that's like one of the banes of my existence here. Like we only tend to see, get reviews from like some negative things, which is good because it gives feedback, but it also is, Correct. you know, troublesome because we don't hear from like all the positives. <laughs> so like, it's unfortunate. People are more, right. And I right. think there's some psychological research that's been done on this. Yeah. People are more apt to leave negative than positive. There is. And so for all the job seekers out there, by all means, go ahead and look at the reviews, but then look at like, do the math on this too. Like how many total reviews? Cause indeed will show you how many total reviews are. Sure. And then you can figure out how many employees are there and then go ahead and do the math. Say, well, we're only mm-hmm. hearing from less than four percent of their right. their their total employee base. Like, so ninety five percent we're not hearing from. So, like, right. you know, take everything with a grain of salt. A giant grain yeah. of salt. I totally agree. I mean, it's it's like every Yelp review. What where do we go? We scroll to the bottom to see what are the what are the one star reviews, so I can. You know, make sure I order meat. You know, like I, it's. I don't know what our what our obsession is with that negativity, but for some reason, it feels good when we can look at that and go, "That wasn't me." Yeah, the, the <laughs> so. crazy thing about these things, which one day I'd love for it to be corrected, is is that none of these reviews are like vetted or verified. That that Correct. meatloaf, poor meatloaf review from the restaurant you're going to <laughs> could have been written from the restaurant across the street. Like there's, there's no yep. vetting. Same goes with the employee review sites too. They do nothing to go ahead and 
qualify it. Yeah. So which maybe someday that'll change. So yeah. Watch all the reviews and take everything with that big grain of salt. So for sure. And ask all the questions of your recruiter. You know, that's the thing. Like if you're questioning how, what this attitude might be or what the uh, culture really is like, like I, I would challenge the candidates to come in with hard questions. You know, what, what are some of your, you know, DEI practices or where do you, you see your values showing up on a regular basis? You know, how involved is your CEO? How often do you hear from your CEO? Like I think those are, great questions for candidates to come prepared with and, and to understand sort of the attitude that of the, of the company they're entering into. Totally agree. Yeah. Martha, if listeners wanted to get a hold of you, how could they do so? Best place would be on LinkedIn. So Martha Engel in, in Michigan, feel free to connect with me anytime on there. I love being able to expand my network and, and chat with as many people as possible and share any advice or, you know, connect across the world. So please do reach out. Martha, thanks for your time and your insights today. Thank you so much again, Chuck, for having me. This has been a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to the Candidate Experience Podcast. You can reach out to us via our website, thecx.xyz. That's T-H-E-C-X dot X-Y-Z.